Hello, everybody. Welcome back. It's another Hoff Time report. I'm glad you're here. We're in our studios in the Hoff Building, um, named the Hoff Building after me, of course, to make liberals want to um, cry. But we, we won't make them do that tonight. Well, we might. I don't know. It's going to be a fun evening because we have um, a great project we want to unveil to you tonight, uh, something that we've been working on for several months. It's extraordinarily exciting, and I think it's going to be really helpful to Idaho parents and school students. So uh, I'm joined tonight by Caitlin Shepard, and uh, Caitlin is a research analyst here at the Idaho Freedom Foundation. Welcome to the program, Caitlin. Hi, Wayne. Thanks so much for having me. Great to be here. Yeah, glad you're here. Uh, the, this project is called The Lead Map, and uh, Caitlin, again, has been working on it diligently. And uh, why don't you just go ahead and take it away and tell us what we got? Sure. Yeah, it's great. It's great to be here, and thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here today to talk to you about The Lead Map. Um, so our project that we've been working on, the official title, is called the Idaho K-12 Lead Map. That's L-E-A-D. And what it stands for is Liberty, it, sorry. You still there? Yeah, okay. sorry, internet cut out. It's Liberty and oh. Education and Academic Development. Um, and so what this is, is it kind of encapsulates our vision for Idaho's education system and for all of Idaho's students. Um, at IFF and the Center for American Education, we're really hoping that school districts take the lead in returning to a traditional mode of education in which they're imparting truth to students, they're respecting parental rights, and they're teaching kids about their American birthright of liberty. And so what we have is created an interactive map with all the major school districts in Idaho. So let me go ahead and show you what this looks like. Bring it in there, let's see the map. All right, so here we go. Here is our lead map. Um, there's a couple ways that you can find this. The first way is to get, just search for leadmap.org and eventually it'll also be available through our website, centerforamericaneducation.org and there will be a tab at the top where you can find it from there. So the first thing you'll see when you come to this screen is the title of the map as well as a short description about it. If we scroll down here, you'll see the interactive map itself. And again, it has all major school districts in Idaho on this map. And each school district has been evaluated based on two factors. The first is students' academic performance on tests like the Idaho Reading Indicator and the Idaho Standards Achievement Test. And the second factor is the number of critical social justice incidents that have been identified for that school district. And a critical social justice incident has been defined as a case in which the tenets of critical race theory or radical gender theory or other critical theories have been implemented at the district or school level through a variety of vehicles. And these vehicles can take a number of forms. They can be a school club that students can join. It can be a district-wide policy. It can be um, a social-emotional learning program um, and more. And so after we evaluated each school district based on these two factors, each district was assigned a color. And so as a general rule, a district with good academic performance and few, if any, social justice incidents is going to appear green, whereas one that has a lot of CSJ incidents and pretty poor academic performance will appear more red. 
uh, districts that are in between these two extremes are going to appear yellow. And you'll also see a few gray districts. And these are the districts where there was insufficient information available to be able to evaluate the district. But the map doesn't just stop there. It also collects a lot of other useful categories of information, including the diversity, equity, and inclusion personnel, if any, the superintendent's salary, the district spending per student, and the nearby alternative educational providers. And we're really excited about this aspect of it because it categorizes for parents a list of charter schools, private schools, and a few homeschool groups um, located near that district office. So that's a great, gonna be a great option for families that may be looking for an alternative um, educational provider in their area. And there are a couple ways that you can use this map to find what local school district you're in. The first would be if you know location on the map, you can just go ahead and click on your district. Uh, the second way is if we go up here at the top of the map, there is a search bar. You can just put in your home address and that will direct you right to a pop-up page with information about your particular school district. Uh, the third way is if the school districts, you can go ahead and click on that um, and then find your school district. So I do just want to walk through an example together. Um, let's go ahead and click on one of these districts. If we click on it, it will be a preview of information about that particular district. So you'll see at the left hand side, there will be um, the test scores, the spending per student, the number of CSJ incidents and the nearby alternative educational providers. So if we go ahead and click on learn more, that will take us to a district specific page where you can see expanded information about that district. Um, if you hover over these little information icons, you'll get some more information about what these tests are measuring. And if we keep scrolling down here, you'll see an expanded view of the social justice incidents that we have cataloged, as well as a link. Um, you can go and see the information for yourself. Um, if a particular school has been identified, that will be listed here on the left. And then if we continue to scroll down, you'll see the nearby alternative educational providers um, that have been located in that area, as well as links to all of that. You can go ahead and um, view that district information for yourself. Um, one other thing that we're very excited about with this project is if we scroll down um, at the bottom of any district page, you will see a social justice incident submission form. And what this is, is an interactive form. If Idahoans or parents have witnessed a concerning incident at their school, they can go ahead and fill out this form, um, submit that incident to us, as well as um, any supporting documentation they might have um, a homework assignment, an email, anything that they might um, want to submit. And after that's submitted, a member will go through all the reports and we'll look at possibly including that incident in the lead map. So that's a very exciting and interactive feature of the map. I do want to go back here to the home page and just explain a few more things about the map. Um, so below the map, you'll see a key or a legend that will tell you more about the map colors and what they stand for. Again, you'll see the district drop-down menu, and here's another place that you can find um, the submission form if you're interested in submitting that uh, incident for review by the CAE team. So that is the lead map.
and happy to be here and share with you. Excellent. So let me ask you just a few questions about about this. Um, as you, so we we go back, we talk about uh, indoctrination and social justice in the um, K through twelve education system, and um, you've done the research, you've presented it before, showing that yes, it's taking place across Idaho, um, and now you've gotten down into each individual school district. So, what do you know today that you didn't know, say? last winter when we were presenting the last round of research? That's a great question. It's been really interesting to kind of get all our research in the same place and have it um, set up this way by individual districts so that um, we're really able to see exactly how the quality of that particular local school district. And I wouldn't say there's a clear pattern of indoctrination throughout the state, but I do know that um, each individual school district really needs to be evaluated on a case-by-case -case basis. You can see um, even in some of our um, more rural districts or our smaller districts, there are some social justice incidents that we've identified even there. So um, contrary to the popular narrative, this is taking place throughout the state and it really needs to be um, um, documented that way. So T taking place in, you know, one or two incidents or taking place in something that's more systemic. I would say definitely more systemic. Um, we've identified um, uh, multiple districts throughout the state. And so it's not just in any one area, um, throughout, one area in particular. What are, what are you seeing in terms of, um, of academic performance? Did you look at yeah. all these different Yeah, that was one thing that was very surprising. Uh, generally across the state, um, our students aren't doing very well in reading our math. The test scores are, are fairly low. Um, for example, the kind of statewide average, and that's measured by the NAEP test. Um, and that test shows that 37% um, of our students are reading at grade level. And I think it was 43% of our students are able to do math kind of at grade level. So yeah, that was really surprising to find out when we were doing all this research. Good to have all that in one place. Did you look into um, the transgender policies and what's going on with the school districts in that regard? Yeah, that's currently one thing that we'll be looking into. The map does document several um, GSA or Gay Straight Alliance clubs that are happening, uh, that are taking place at, and being hosted on um, some school campuses throughout Idaho. I believe there's about 20, at least 28 of them that we've documented. And we are looking into um, pronoun policies and stuff like that. And that will be included in a later edition of the map. So the map is going to be updated. This isn't just um, here's your data check it out once and never come back. Yes, exactly. The map's going to be dy dynamic. So as we conduct more research, as Idahoans are involved and in telling us what's going on in their local schools, the map will be updated frequently and it'll be um, continue to provide transparency for our districts and give Idahoans a, an a updated idea about what's going on in their schools. So let's say that I'm in a school district that has um, maybe a school board election coming up or there's a, a levy or a bond issue. What do you recommend that I do with this data? So I go and I click on my school district, look at my, you know, the, the test results, look at the superintendent's salary, see if there's any DEI staff or critical social justice events, and then what? 
I think this information can be very important um, for residents of that particular district that may need to be making a decision on these types of issues um, to kind of have that information when these big questions are presented to them and that's something that they need to decide at the polls. You know, I, I don't think I've ever seen anything like this. I really think it's it's um, it's um, uh, quite amazing, and you have done quite a bit of research. Um, I think that um, uh, it's also very telling that you don't know everything. I mean, there's how many school districts? One hundred and twenty something. One hundred and fifteen. One hundred and fifteen, and so you may do your level best to find information about what's going on in a particular school district. Uh, that doesn't mean that you've uncovered everything, and that's why that parental form, uh, uh, you know, the sort of whistleblower form is, is super important. Um, that's live right now, so I guess people can, they can put documents, they can upload information to you that you would look at, right? Yes, exactly. And that's a great point, Wayne. It was very difficult um, to kind of track down a lot of this information. There's probably a lot of things that are going on in schools that we're not aware of. Um, there is in general, a, a transparency problem that's that's taking place in our public education system and all the information that's needed to thoroughly and totally evaluate any particular school district is really dispersed among several levels. And that would be things like the State Department of Ed, the individual district, perhaps a teacher in an individual classroom. And so we're hoping that um, the lead map can help address that transparency problem and by putting a lot of information together in place that's helpful for Idahoans and families as they're seeking to better understand their school district. Good. I really like that. Anything else that you want to cover that we haven't already talked about? It's a really beautiful project. I'm, I'm truly impressed. I think we've covered just about everything. I would add, um, if you're listening to this, please do, and you're concerned about something in your school district, please go ahead and submit one of those incident reports. We will definitely take a look at it. And um, if you find this to be a great tool, go ahead and share it with your connections and with your friends. We really want to get the word out about this great new tool that um, can help enlighten and empower Idaho families. And if you want to see more features, I, I would just put a plug in, um, you know, certainly help us out. Uh, consider donating. We can definitely uh, add features as we have the financial capability to, to do that. So um, uh, don't hesitate. If you're not already a supporter, please uh, consider donating. Go on the website and do that. That keeps um, people like Caitlin, who's a really, really uh, gifted, very talented um, team member, uh, employed and um, uh, happily working on these projects to expose uh, what's going on, what's truly going on in Idaho's um, government-run schools. So, Caitlin, thank you very much. Thanks for being here. Thanks for taking part of your Friday night. Um, I want to bring in... Um, uh, Nicholas uh, Kleinsworth now, because we have another project. We're not done yet. We have all these things that are being worked on, have been worked on for months right now. And Nicholas, um, also a uh, uh, research assistant here at the Idaho uh, Freedom Foundation, has been working to uncover the unsavory misuse of Idaho taxpayer dollars. Um, Nicholas, it's really good to see you. Thanks for being here tonight. Thank you, Wayne. I'm happy to talk about this project. Did your fiance yell at you because you're not free Friday night that you're here doing this instead? Oh, no, no, no. She understands that uh, politics can sometimes be a 24 hour job. And so, 24 uh, hours? Very, very understanding. At least, at least you've gotten her uh, acquainted with that idea now before, um, you know, don't don't wait until it's like the three years into your marriage and it's like, yeah, you know, uh, this politics thing could be a 24-hour uh, job. It never ends. There's never, never an end to the work. 
oh, I wish I knew that before we got married. No, no, this is good. I, I tell, her, tell her we appreciate her very much for sparing um, a little bit of your time tonight. But tell us about this um, this research project that you're working on. We have called it Wasted. Is that how you say it? Wasted. Wasted, yes. So uh, the, the purpose of this project is to really look into um, how our public school system could possibly spend uh, $3.3 billion this fiscal year, yet um, nearly half of our students can't read at grade level. Three in five are not proficient in math. Um, and we're, it, it, it's quite a problem because the, the price tag keeps going up. The school districts are asking for more and more money, as we have talked about before. Uh, Proposition 1 is supposed to be on the ballot this November, and um, they're looking at raising another half a billion dollars for uh, the public school system. Uh, and, and the the argument is that our, our children are failing and the, the schools just need the money. If we just gave them just a little bit more money, they're going to be able to make it. They're going to be able to do so much better. It's going to change everything. But keep in mind that the public school budget has already increased by $1 billion just since two years ago. It's only been two years, and we've already grown the public school budget by two years, or uh, two, uh, $1 billion. And so uh, the this report is supposed to look into why that is. Why are we spending so much money on our schools, yet they still can't seem to close the gap and help our students improve on their reading and on their math? Um, and it's designed to give taxpayers tools, too. So it looks into some conservative uh, free market policy options that they can take uh, to their lawmakers and to their school boards. So that way they're not going to have to pay so much for a failing system. What's the one takeaway? I know you're still um, putting the final touches on the on the research, but what's the what's the biggest takeaway that you got in looking into the um government run schools? I would say the biggest takeaway that we were able to uh, walk away with, uh, and this kind of connects to Caitlin's uh, map, actually, we were able to compile a lot of data on student performance. Uh, so then we were able to take that data and analyze it across the districts and compare the spending and also compare that spending over time as well. Um, and putting it all together, we were able to identify that um, it really doesn't matter how much you're spending on the public school system. The way that the funding formula is uh, set up and the way that the public school districts have decided to spend that money um, is not really making any difference in student outcomes. There is as close to zero correlation as you really can get statistically. And um, I would say that was probably um, the one figure that all us conservatives knew all along and all of us who are arguing for smaller government and less spending. Um, but it was really neat to be able to see the principles uh, come to life in the data. And we can then present that in this report and really shed light on this issue. Where's the money going then? I mean, I don't understand. Um, is it that the money is being directed into the schools and the schools aren't? utilizing it appropriately or that the, there's no effect on on any outcomes because they're you just can't possibly make it any better because of however many dollars you put into it I, I don't really understand what's going on here 
Well, the, this, the thing is, the, the funding formula is not really designed to help students. Uh, the, fun, the way the funding formula is set up, schools get more money based on the uh, demographics of their staff and how much education they've received and whether or not they've taken this certification or that certification. Um, so the system itself is already set up in a way to where the dollars aren't going to the students. Um, but then you look at it a little further, you look at administrators and those uh, certificated staff, um, they've actually grown, they're, they're, the number of their positions have grown three times faster than the rate at which teaching positions have grown. Um, so that means that's still happening right now. That's Absolutely. Because it's interesting. That in years past, many years past, and in fact, one of the first research projects we, we did about 14 years ago at IFF was um, looking into the size of the school bureaucracy relative to the growth in the number of students, and it was high then. And you're saying, saying that's still going on, nothing's changed. Yep, nothing has changed. This has been the case for years now. We've been um, because and in writing this report, I'm also trying to anticipate uh, what the opposition arguments are going to be. So they're going to say, oh, this is a post COVID thing or, oh, this is a uh, recession thing or this is due to inflation or this is a Putin inflation, really Biden inflation kind of a thing. Um, and so we were looking at it before COVID, we're looking at it after COVID, and really a lot of these things weren't affected by the pandemic, and a lot of this, these things haven't been affected by the current economic situations. Uh, students have been performing just as poorly 10 years ago as they are today. Uh, the school districts are wasting just as much money as they were 10 years ago as they are today. Um, in fact, they're wasting even more. Now they have all this COVID money from the federal government, somewhere in the amount of uh, $260 million of COVID money is just going to salaries, benefits, and bonuses for um, your administrators and your um, auxiliary personnel and all of those other people. Um, but meanwhile, it's not actually going to support the system. Um, and then and then you also have our legislature. In this last session, they passed a bill that was supposed to give just everybody in the school district $1,000 just because they had the money available. And I mean, that's money that they borrowed from our grandchildren. Say again? Because we like you. Yes, literally just because they like them. Um, they just they're 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 literally handing money to the schools, hoping that it's going to change something. It hasn't changed anything. It's a warm hug using not even taxpayer dollars. It's using money that was printed on a printer in Washington, D.C. with nothing really backing it. Right. Um, we call that a tax increase via inflation. Absolutely. Um, it's the most insidious of all. It, it truly is. I understand that they're completely unaware of it. But even putting aside the COVID, though, before COVID, before all the infusion of federal money, you're saying there was still that trajectory anyway. We were still seeing a bunch of money going into not necessarily the classrooms, but school bureaucracies without any real anything to show for it. Absolutely. So we saw it in uh, master educator premiums, and that was a program that was supposed to um, encourage teachers to stay in the state if we just gave them bonuses for getting certain certifications, things like that. Um, it was a program that was really not going to succeed from the very start. Um, it was a program that the legislature created, and then they gave out thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars to all these different school districts. And then after four years, they're like, yeah, we didn't really think it was going to work anyway. And so then they just removed it. And so um, 
it, it's programs like that that are just um, rampant throughout the whole system. Did you by chance take a look at, at the pension system and the rising costs of the pension system's impact on the education system? Uh, it, it, we've, I've, I've looked at it somewhat. Um, an interesting fact is that Idaho actually has been, it has the seventh best pension system for teachers in the country. Um, and teachers can be vested in their pension system in as little as five years. Um, and they can also, um, it, it, it's projected that they'll have an adequate amount of money to retire after only 15 years of being in, um, education. So, uh, what ends up what ends up happening is 67 percent of our teacher workforce has worked as a teacher in, for six years or more so that means that a lot of our teachers um, could really just retire right now if they wanted to um, and so what what they've done is they've kind of engineered the uh, a future teacher shortage by um, creating this super great low bar uh, retirement system for teachers um, and meanwhile, they're not able to really fill any, fill any of them back in. A lot of stuff. There's a lot of things happening and, and it's a complex area, but I don't think that the, um, that the true issues underlying the education system, that the true problems that underlie the education system have been really exposed. And, and so this project, um, Again, we're calling it wasted. Goes a long way to answering a lot of questions about where the money is going and to what effect. So, great work, uh, Nicholas. I, I appreciate what you're doing. I appreciate you, uh, your your continued diligence and and um, tracking down uh, waste in the education system in Idaho. Excellent. Thank you, Wayne. And um, if any of you want to uh, get onto the wait list for the report and be able to get it as soon as it's available make sure you go to idahofreedom.org slash wasted report um, you can put in your information and sign up there very nice well thanks for being here this evening nicholas really thank you appreciate it. uh well, yeah so the we've got a, a the team has been doing just wonderful work We've been very very busy this summer i was telling somebody the other day that um uh, it used to be that there used to, that the summer was slow. You used to have time off, you know, and and uh, you know I still go around downtown and like a lot of the uh, people who work at the Capitol um, in in shorts and a t-shirt like the one I have on today, um, and you see other folks who who are lobbying or, or working in some regard in in government very casual this time of year, but the pace was always slower. There was actually time to catch a breath and think about what was going to happen in the upcoming legislative session, which is months down the road. Um, but no, uh, these folks have been working hard in our office. They're working very, very diligently every single day on a lot of different issues. Um, you know, of course, Caitlin and, and Laos, as you just saw, have been working on uh, this research project, one which is in the form of a report and the other which is in the form of a website. There are a lot of other reports that um, uh, Anna Miller has been heading up, a lot of research, a lot of legislation that we're working on and asking questions about and trying to get um, uh, ready for the next legislative session. Uh, Fred's been busy working on tax policy things. There's a lot of tax policy stuff going on. I've been working on some Medicaid uh, stuff uh, as well as some other um, uh, kind of corporate welfare types of projects. So there's just a lot of things that we're paying very, very close attention to. And the issues are extraordinarily large. We've got a really huge 
budget surplus. Um, we've got uh, uh, all kinds of mandates coming from the Biden administration affecting our public schools and our Medicaid program. Uh, there's just a lot of things that we've been working on. And so um, if you're not already a supporter of the Idaho Freedom Foundation, hope you'll consider. Um, if you can't and you just enjoy watching this content, I hope you'll um, like the content, press the like button, subscribe to the channel so you get um, uh, notified when we go live or when we have other content that's coming your way and uh, push the bell notification as well so that you don't miss anything. But um, yeah, uh, we really appreciate your engagement. We appreciate you spreading the word about these projects so people know that this is out there because I guarantee you, if you're just waiting for the Idaho news media to talk about this latest report that's come out from the Freedom Foundation, they won't do that. What they will do instead is they'll wait for the um, school officials to bash us for releasing the project, and they'll report on that. But they're not going to report on the fact that this information is out there because um, it goes against their narrative. So it's very, very important work. If we can fix the things going on in Idaho and Idaho's education system and the healthcare system and our tax policy and our regulatory policy and so on, um, we can really lead the other states. We don't have to be the skinniest kid at fat camp, you know, uh, where, where we're, you know, oh, yes, you're, you're not California. You're better than California. Well, yeah, we are, but we're still not great. We could be better. We could be a lot better especially in a state that's run by a lot of people who go claiming that they're free market conservatives. So uh, it's a summer long commitment. It's a, every day. I always tell folks there's not enough hours in the day. You need to get your rest because you truly could work every hour of every day. And um, that's not good for you. It's not good for your family, but there is so much to be done in order to make Idaho the very best place in the world to raise a family or have a business or grow old and retire. Um, we're almost there. We're on our way. We just have just a bit more work to do. And that's why our team works so hard on projects like this. So I hope you'll support the effort. I hope you'll tell your friends, uh, coworkers, uh, your neighbors, or your state legislators about the fact that these tools exist and we're looking to help fix what's going on in our government run education system. That's all for tonight. We'll be back again next week uh, with some more Hoff time and um, look forward to seeing you then. Bye-bye, everybody. Have a good weekend.